That is a perfect lead-in, Cassandra, to, to what we're going to be talking about this morning as you talk about community, because um, it's so important for us to come alongside of each other and to be growing together in our faith. Every community has uh, defining characteristics. So your family as a community, for example, has has a defi- defining characteristics. So some families are very active. I mean, when they have free time, they want to be outdoors, hiking, biking, doing, doing stuff. Other families just like to be indoors, quiet, maybe board games, reading, characteristics of, of a family. Um, if you're part of a gym and gyms are reopened, if you're still sitting on your couch saying, oh, I wish I could go to the gym, but I can't. They're, they're reopened now. You just have to, you know, kind of be cautious. But gyms have a characteristic as a community. Some gyms you go in and you just do your own thing and you just kind of keep to yourself and don't bother anybody else. You're not bothered by them. Other gyms have more of a community. Uh, I've been part of a gym before where it was just a, a real community where people are like talking to each other. They're friendly. They're encouraging you in whatever it is that you're, you're pursuing. Uh, your workplace has defining characteristics. Some workplaces are really all about helping people fulfill all of their potential. And so they're really big on training and sending people to conferences. Other workplaces, not so much. Kind of just come in, do your job, go home. That, that's it. Every community of faith has defining characteristics. So our church, Grace Point, has some defining characteristics. The small group that you are in has defining characteristics. The team that you serve on has defining characteristics. And some of those characteristics are negative. Some of them are positive. So some churches have the characteristic of of going through pastors frequently. Uh, they, they don't stay around very long. People kind of, you know, criticize and critique and, and, uh, basically drive pastors out. I am thankful that Grace Point does not have that characteristic and we have a lot of longevity on our staff and hope to keep it, keep it that way. Um, other congregations like Grace Point are, are generous. That's a defining characteristic. And I, I love the fact that we've been talking for the last several weeks about the, the Lebanon relief offering. And you guys have responded in an amazing way. We'll be announcing uh, the results of that here in the weeks to come. But just it's so great to see how over the years Grace Point has responded and many other churches in a similar similar way. So this is, it's vital to think about what are our defining characteristics as a community of faith. Because what our environment is like, what our culture is like, is going to determine whether, whether we continue to grow or whether we stagnate and go backwards. So for example, as, as people come into our church, are they going to see something different? As they come into this community, are they going to see something different than they're seeing in the world? I mean, Daryl was talking about at the beginning just how much is going on in our culture, how much fighting is going on. When people come into the church, they, they want to see something different than that. That. And if they don't, they're going to come in and they're going to say, I, I don't need this. I can get this outside. But if they come in and they see a healthy community where we're loving each other, where we're working through the conflicts that we have, then people are going to say, this, this is a place where I can grow alongside of these people. This morning, we're going to talk about two characteristics that God says are vital 
to the health of any community of faith. And they really serve for us as a measuring rod, measuring stick to kind of ask ourselves, how are we doing? So if you would take a Bible and turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, that's where we're going to be uh, this, this morning, Colossians three fifteen and 16. We're taking this slow walk through the book of Colossians. If you are new with us, maybe this is your first time tuning in uh, this morning, uh, you can catch up on all the messages to date from Colossians um, on YouTube or on, on iTunes. Uh, we're into chapter 3 now, and the theme of chapter 3 is the transition from old life to, to new life. Um, our lives should look different as we walk with Christ. Our lives should look different. My life should look different than it did. Um, I, 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 it should look different from the world, as we talked about. But my life should even look different than it did a year ago. Our, our church's life should look different and progressing than it did a year ago. And that doesn't just apply to us as individuals. It applies to us as a community. So what Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3 to stop doing is good for the community. When he says to put to death, earlier in the chapter in, in verse 5, he says to put to death what is earthly in you. He says put to death sexual sin. When he says put off damaging speech, that is good for the community. Because if there is sexual sin rampant in a community, if there is damaging speech, if people are slandering each other in a community, then that is going to damage the relationships. That's going to damage the culture that, that we have. So, so Paul says to stop doing certain things, and he says to, to put on virtues. So last week, Pastor Jay talked to us about that, and I, I love the, the main point that he had last week. It's just stuck with me all week. He said, don't neglect to put on what God has laid out for you to wear. It, it reminds me so much of my, my early years when my mom used to lay out clothes for me to wear the next day to school. So I'm like, okay, God has laid out these virtues of compassion and, and kindness and love. And, and we are not to neglect putting those on because that's good for the community. It's not just good for me as an individual. It's good for all of us as we come together. And I would just ask you, what kind of community would you like to be part of? Do you want to be part of a community that's characterized by, by fighting and jealousy and resentment and unforgiveness? Or do you want to be characterized, do, do you want to be part of a community that is characterized by love, kindness, serving one another? Today, we're going to talk about two vital traits that characterize a healthy community of faith. So let's read these two verses, 15 and 16. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Two characteristics. Um, I, I love how David Garland summarizes this. He says, the peace of Christ rules where the word of Christ dwells. The peace of Christ rules where the word of Christ dwells. So, so let's talk about these, these two characteristics. And I want to unpack peace first. 
Verse 15 again says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. A lot of times I think when we, when we hear this verse, we think of it as our individual peace. The, the peace that is in my heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Um, we see this sometimes posted on Facebook or on somebody's mug. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. But actually, this, this is not really talking about our individual peace. Our individual peace, it's true that Christ is the source of our individual peace, but this is really talking about our community peace. Why do I say that? Because in verse 15, he, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, plural, and your is plural as well. If we were down south, we could say y'all, or here we say use. So in use hearts, let the peace of Christ rule among you. And, and he talks about uh, being uh, called in one body. So it's an appeal to unity. The community takes unity. The problem is that our unity oftentimes is interrupted by conflict. This, this probably never happens to you, but last Sunday morning, our family had the opportunity to, to come together to church. And we had some conflict on our way to church. I mean, we're coming to church to worship. We don't have the opportunity to do this very often because usually I'm coming early to, to preach and stuff. And then the family comes later, but we all got to ride together. We all got to sit outside and enjoy the outside service, but we weren't even out the door at home. And we were like, somebody forgot something and hurry up. We're running late. And then we got in the car and somebody was looking at their phone too much instead of like talking and interacting to people in the car. I mean, there was just all this tension and comfort. You probably never experienced this. But actually, I thought as, as we got to church and we're, I'm trying to get in the mindset of worship, I thought this is probably what it's like for most everybody every Sunday. And it's a challenge to get here and then get our mindset, turn our mindset upward because of that conflict. It's, it's I mean, conflict is a reality of life. I, I like to say um, anytime you have more than one person, you're going to have conflict. And sometimes it doesn't even take more than one person. But when you have more than one, you're, you're going to have to work through that conflict. And so Paul says in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That word rule could also be translated umpire. So let the peace of Christ umpire in your heart. Anytime we have two people in conflict and competition, maybe if, if you pause right now, maybe you can think of a situation that you're aware of, that you're in or someone else is in, where there's a conflict, um, we, we need someone impartial. We need someone stepping into that situation and helping us work it through. Sometimes we actually need to ask another person to help us with that. And, and if that's the situation for you, I want you to know that at Grace Point, we have some people who are trained to be able to help mediate those kinds of conversations. You don't have to stay stuck in that if you don't know what to do. Please let us know. Let, let one of our pastors know. And we would love to, to help you uh, get connected to someone to, to work through that. Sometimes you don't need another person, though, but you need to think through the question of, well, what would Christ, how would Christ mediate this? What would the peace of Christ mandate in this situation? How would Christ work this out? The, the worst thing that we can do when we run into conflict is to walk away from it or to ignore it, to just hope that it will go away. 
Because unresolved conflict grows really ugly things, festering things, uh, bad things happen. Um, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says to keep short accounts and don't give the devil a foothold. So we need to ask the question, what would the peace of Christ mandate in our situation? How would he rule as an umpire? What, what asking, here's what it does when we ask that question. It gets our focus off of what, what it is that I want in the situation. So when I'm in a conflict, usually what I want most is to prove that I'm right. And what asking this question is, is it, it takes, it takes the focus off of me and it's, it says, I'm going to submit myself to the, to Christ, the umpire. What he says goes. We don't always like, you know, if you're watching a baseball game, there are still some basketball games on too. Um, we don't always like what the umpire's ruling is. But we submit to it because he's in charge and we've given him the authority in that situation. We want to give Christ the authority in our conflicts and say, I will submit to your ruling and what you say needs to happen in this situation. If both parties who are in a conflict are, are willing to submit to Christ as the ruler, as the umpire, then that's the best possible chance of working through a conflict and resolving it together. So let the peace of Christ rule. The second characteristic is this in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell. The peace of Christ rules where the word of Christ dwells. So the, the word of Christ could be the words that Christ spoke. Or, more likely than that, this is probably talking about the message of Christ. The, the word of Christ, meaning the gospel. The gospel about Christ. So the word of, when, when you think of the word of Christ, think of the, the whole narrative, the story of Christ leaving his position in heaven, being worshipped by angels, to come and walk on this earth where there is so much mess, so much conflict. And to, to live a perfect life so that he could give his life as a sacrifice on our behalf so that he could exchange his record for ours. That's just, that's a miraculous story. Our, our record is stained and polluted with sin, with doing so many of the things that Paul said not to do. Our record is stained and Jesus came and said, I will give you my perfect record. I will credit to you my perfect record. And I will take on myself your stains and wash them away with the power of my, my blood. That's, that's the story of the gospel. And we all need that word of Christ, the gospel. We need that at every stage of our spiritual journey. Some of you are at the beginning stage of that. Some of you are just coming to understand your need for a savior. And we would love to help you with that. Please contact, again, one of our pastors. Find my address online and, and reach out to me. We would love to help you understand what it means for Christ to, to, to walk with him, to follow him, to trust him. But, but many of us have been walking with Christ for a long time. We need the gospel every bit as much 
as the person who is just starting out. So whether you've been walking with Christ for 30 years or 30 minutes, you need the gospel in, in your life. See, the difference between someone who's been walking with Christ for 30 years is that their, their sins and their pollution are just buried a little bit more. They're buried a little bit deeper. They're a little bit harder to see. Gordon McDonald uses this example of, he, he says that our lives are like a field. That God wants to plant with crops that just bear this, this beautiful, um, fruit and, and vegetables and, and good stuff for others to benefit from. But before that can happen, before God can plant these crops, He's gotta clear the field. We, we've gotta take the rocks out of the field. So the rocks are sin, and when you go into the field for the first time, the rocks are just laying there on the top of the ground. They're very obvious, they're big, they're easy to, to kinda get away. But then you have to plow. Then you have to plow to be able to, to plant the seeds. And as you plow, it plows up more rocks. And I grew up um, helping my parents with their garden. And for years and years and years, every year we would pick out rocks, pick out rocks, pick out rocks. And it was just never ending. Like there was no end to the rocks, no matter how many years we picked them out. And it's kind of like that with our lives. We, we, it's not that we stop sinning when we begin to follow Christ. We, we need the gospel every day, every moment. We need the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. We, we could kind of think of it like this. Kind of, kind of think of it like a, a sponge. Okay, you know, you know how sponges sometimes, you know, when, when they get really old, they get dry and they get brittle and, and hard and you kind of, you know, you, you hit them on stuff and, you know, they're, they're just, they're hard. That's, that's a dried out sponge. What, what we need is to infuse some of the, the living water of Christ into the sponge. And when we do that, it starts to, it starts to soften the sponge up again. It starts to make it useful again. And so we do that even as we come together like this on a Sunday, as we come together to, to hear the, the word of Christ taught as we come to hear the gospel. We are, we are, we are getting some water into us and we need to be saturated with it. Um, some of you are not used to the, the length of time that we spend actually in our service teaching the, the scripture. Some of you are coming from, from backgrounds where it was a much shorter, uh, message and you're still kind of adjusting that like, is he gonna keep talking and on and on and on? But like, like the president of my seminary, uh, Chuck Swindoll said one time, he said that, uh, sermonettes create Christianettes. And so we really need a, a substantive time and enough time to really be absorbing and to be moving towards saturating ourselves with the gospel. And we need that coming from, from both speaking and singing. That, that's what we see in the rest of, of this verse. Let the, let the word of Christ, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. That's the speaking part. And then singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So, so we talk about speaking. And I know uh, during this season, it's probably been challenging for a lot of people. I mean, for, for us, uh, we, we've needed to come out every, every week and kind of continue the routine that we're in of teaching. But I know it's hard when you're at home and you're trying to tune in. It, it's easy to kind of become a little lax. I mean, I've heard the stories of people in their pajamas 
You may be in your pajamas right now. Okay, no judgment. It's okay. But I know it can, it can get lax and it can get easy over time to just be like, you know what? I just don't have time this week. There's not the same level of accountability that there is when we're coming together and you run into people and you see them or somebody might say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? I, can I just challenge you? We, we need to stay diligent about putting ourselves under the teaching of, of Scripture and to be getting the, the living word of Christ into our sponge so that it can be saturated. But we don't just need that on on Sunday mornings. We we need it beyond that. We we need it um that we need to get it into us even through our groups. So we're gonna be starting, we're doing a new group launch next month. And we have a, a fun day that is planned. Mark your calendar for September thirteenth. Second Sunday in September, we're going to do a reconnection picnic. So as many of you who are comfortable coming out, um, and some of you maybe stretch yourselves a little bit, wear your masks. We're going to, we're going to do our best to social distance, bring your picnic lunch, and we're going to have an opportunity to connect with one another and to also have an opportunity to sign up for groups this fall and to reconnect with your existing groups. Because in our groups is such an opportunity. Our group is getting together tonight. Our, in our groups is such an opportunity to take uh, what we're learning and to take scripture and to drive it into us even deeper. Sometimes you can come or you can listen to a message and just kind of bounces off of you. Getting together with groups is a way to drive it into you more. And so what happens is we're, we're getting it from more angles. We're getting the word of Christ from more angles. We're getting our sponges saturated even more. Another way that you can do this is uh, the YouVersion app. Um, I love to promote this every chance I get. I use this every single day, and I use it every single day, not just for myself personally, but also to connect with others. So at any given time, I'm doing one or two devotionals with other guys where we're reading the same thing each day, and then we're sharing what we learn in there, and we're sharing it with each other and encouraging each other to stay in the Word and to get saturated, because we need to be saturated with the the word of Christ with the gospel. We need it in our minds, in our hearts, um, so that the peace of Christ can be manifested in us as the word of Christ dwells in us. It's interesting that Paul says here, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. We don't just learn from some, from like one guru that has gone to seminary and, and stands up and tells everybody stuff. We, we, we learn from one another. And as God does things in your life, and as you encounter the word of Christ in your life, you have something to share with others and, and to encourage them with. We, we help each other. On our blog today, I, I've posted a bunch of resources for you. And in particular, there, there are some devotionals on there for families. So talking about a community of faith at the family level. There are a bunch of, of devotionals there for you to look at. And uh, there are some songs on there as well, which we will get to now. Because we're, we're saturated not just with the spoken word, but we're also saturated, Paul says, with singing. He says singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. 
I've heard people comment before about the, the worship time that, that comes before the sermon as kind of a preparation. Like that's, that's kind of the build up, the lead up to the, the main event. And it's, that's really not a right perspective because when we're, when we're singing songs that are about the gospel, that are about what Christ has done for us, that is equally important to the spoken word. It's another way to saturate us. Martin Luther said, next to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. So we know that music is powerful. So why not use Music to saturate us with the word of Christ. I, I love that, that Daryl put that, those verses from Colossians 3 to music because like he said, that putting verses to music, just singing scripture is such a great way to, to get it in your mind, in your heart. And so actually on that blog post, uh, we have posted that song. So it, so you can hear it again. We're going to hear it again this morning before we leave, but you can hear it on your own at home, uh, this week. Um, we, I, I don't think in, in this verse 16, I don't think we can get, you know, too hyper about trying to define each one of these terms, but we can, uh, we, we probably can say that the Psalms, singing Psalms, that's, that's probably Psalms set to music. That's, that's the actual Psalms from the Hebrew book of Psalms set to music. There's actually one of the, an example of one of those in a contemporary setting on, on the blog. Hymns would be lyrics centered on gospel themes. Spiritual songs, uh, maybe lighter, Songs, maybe not quite as heavy, but uh, distinguished from secular songs. All of these are ways of of injecting more of the word of Christ into our our sponges to get us saturated. So so maybe think about like changing the station that you're listening to at work. Maybe think about changing the station that you have in in your car, so that you're doing more of saturating yourself with the gospel. I, I love that the psalms, the hymns, the spiritual songs, that pretty well summarizes what we do on any given Sunday, just a variety of ways to celebrate what Christ has done. The peace of Christ rules where the word of Christ dwells. So, when we are saturated when you and I are saturated with the word of Christ, we are in a much better position to deal with conflict when it comes our way and it will come, come our way. The, the other thing about it is that when we are saturated with the word of Christ, when we are squeezed by life, what comes out? The, the word of Christ. Good, good things come out. When we are saturated with the word of Christ, good things come out when, when we're squeezed by life. So here's my question for you as we as we close here this morning. What step do you need to take to become more saturated with the word of Christ? And I I just want to give you a moment to really answer that question in your own mind. Maybe it has to do with speaking and and it's saturating yourself with the word of Christ very possibly in community. So maybe it means Taking the step of getting into a small group this fall. Maybe, and, and small groups are going to happen, whether they're happening virtually or happening um, in, in person. They're going to be happening. People are going to be gathering, studying God's word together. Getting into a Bible study, one of our women's studies. 
Maybe it's doing a version devotional with someone else so that you can do that in tandem um, each day. And it keeps you coming back to God's word each day. Maybe it's the music that you listen to. You're, you're choosing to change and, and, and change your diet of, of music and listening more to the gospel so it can saturate you. Take a moment, just a moment, to identify what's a step that you can take. Peace of Christ rules where the word of Christ dwells. So when these characteristics characterize more and more of our community and our lives, that's, that's when the world around us is going to see us as different. That's when they're going to see the light of Christ that they so desperately need. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the peace of Christ. We thank you that he longs to bring reconciliation with, within our own individual souls and then um, with, with you and then with, with others around us. Thank you that you want the peace of Christ to rule and to umpire in our conflicts. And Lord, thank you for the word of Christ, for the gospel, for what Jesus has done for us. May we never tire of the sacrifice that he has made in love for us and may that dwell in us may that word may that message dwell in us so richly that we are saturated with it so that we are not hard crusty sponges but that we are saturated and and able to work through the conflicts that we have and that when life squeezes us it squeezes out good good things lord we thank you for these things you provided for us and Lord, help us to, to uh, take them in so that we can look more like your son, Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.